Welcome to the PropTech Podcast. It's Kylie Davis here, and I'm delighted to be back as your host for season two of the podcast as we explore the brave new world where technology and real estate collide. It's so great to have you here for another season of building the connections and community of PropTech innovators, real estate agents, and property owners, and sharing our stories is a great way to do that. Now, as you probably know by now, the aim of each episode is to introduce listeners to a prop tech innovator who is pushing the boundaries of what's possible across how we design, build, sell, rent and invest in property and all the associated behaviours around that. Now, none of this would be possible without our sponsors. So I wanted to give an especially big beginning of the season shout out to David Holman and Belinda Sears and the Direct Connect team, to David and Anita at Dynamic Methods, the innovators behind Forms Live and RealWorks Forms, and the crew at the PropTech Association of Australia. Thank you for your support of the podcast. Now we've got another exciting season exploring the issues and challenges raised by the tech and how they can create amazing property experiences across Australia and New Zealand. But international listeners should also stay tuned because we have a global edition coming soon. More about that in coming weeks. Now, my guest to kick off season two is Thomas Walkley, co-founder and CEO of Erin Living. Thomas has an impressive background in the property industry, having worked as an account manager at WIT Group for eight years and as a property consultant for five specialising in large-scale residential developments. He's taken his experiences from that time and has founded Erin Living to pioneer the future of multi-residential living with co-founder Anthony Mazai. Now, it's great to finally get him on the podcast because as a bit of a backstory for listeners, Thomas reached out to me about 18 months ago and asked me to join the advisory board of Evan Living because he was a huge fan of the podcast. But then he got all coy and kept declining my invitations to be on the show. But Erin Living is a very exciting mobile app that turns high-rise residential apartments into vertical villages by creating a centralised place that allows residents and building owners to manage access and security with digital keys, to receive deliveries, manage parking, report maintenance issues in the building and to share important notifications. And it does all of this through a mix of Erin Living Tech and integrations with other specialist prop techs, ensuring residents get the best of both worlds and developers can be flexible with the partners that they integrate with. It's kind of like a remote control for your high-rise residential apartment all sitting inside your mobile phone. So here to tell us all about it, Thomas Walkley, welcome finally to the PropTech Podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much for finally having me on. I know. I've been chasing you for a while. Um, it's great to have you here. I thought I'd be chasing you for a while, but uh, anyway. Uh, well, look, just as a little bit of a backstory to our listeners, um, Thomas is was an avid listener of the podcast and actually reached out to me and um, and I am a very proud advisor on the board of Aaron Living. And then when I said to him, okay, we've got to get you on the podcast, he went very coy. <laughs> chasing him for months. <laughs> so, so Thomas, tell us, what is the Erin Living Elevator Pitch? Uh, well, Erin Living is a resident experience company that delivers the full benefits of apartment living through our resident-facing app. Awesome. Okay, so let's dig into that a little bit more. What are the problems that you're solving? So what, why, do, why do apartment buildings need, a, you know, a resident experience app? Uh, yeah, it's a good question. I guess with a lot of technology companies, 
uh, everyone looks looks to that question of you know what problem do you solve um, and there's no one answer um, there's so many different personalities people needs requirements of the people living and managing apartment buildings that you need to solve like a, a plethora of pro- problems in a building to make sure that uh, everyone is kind of accounted for um, so Aaron solves many day-to-day operational admi- administrative problems for buildings um, uh, there's so many requirements of, of residents on a daily uh, basis. Um, because of our high engagement levels, um, managers, we actually solve a lot of problems for the building and OC managers, um, basically because of just, just by having engagement or high levels of engagement, engagement sorry, on our um, buildings, um, it means when they blast out a message or a notice to a building that it's actually getting to um, a certain amount of people and you can see how many people are actually, actually receiving that notice. So it sounds such a simple thing, but um, we through our research, we spoke to uh, a building manager in a building in the in the Melbourne uh, CBD with a thousand apartments in it, meaning there's probably you know fifteen hundred to seventeen hundred people living in that building. And um, to put out a message, uh, they do have an, an app in the building. Uh, they have a very uh, small engagement rate in that building. I won't even mention the app that they use, but um, it's sort of circa ten to twelve percent engagement level in that building. So when they need to uh, communicate something to the residents. Uh, they use um, the app that's used in a building. They put notices in the lift. They use emails. They use WhatsApp. They use WeChat. They use a Facebook group, and they have no idea if the message is even getting to people. So it just shows you that you know in this this day and age that shouldn't be how um, you're communicating with people. And technology is we're in a world of technology. Technology is a solution for all. So um, yeah, it's. Uh, that's 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 a, a simple problem um, that we solve, and we solve it really well. Looking at the broader picture, uh, we actually have a uh, a goal at the company to get strata fees and levies down to zero. Uh, wow! Tell me more about that. Yeah, I can't say too much, but we've got a few <laughs> ideas. We have a few ideas and plans of how we're going to do it, but. Um, I mean, you can't just build an app just for the sake of having an app, right? You've got to have a purpose behind it. And, uh, yeah, it's a long journey to get to the sort of level once you're reducing someone's owner's corporation levies down to zero, or strata levies, as I should say. Um, but, yeah, that's our goal as a company. Um, and, uh, yeah, as I said, we've got a few ideas or plans. But, uh, yeah. So so just so just so we summarise a little bit, the, the problem that Erin Living is solving is that Living in an apartment building, I guess, can be quite impersonal, can't it? That, you know, you, you may not know your neighbours so much, you won't definitely know people on different floors or and, and that the communication around uh, between different um, residents in, in different apartments, that can be quite haphazard. That's what I'm hearing from what you're telling me and that you're bringing all of that together. Yeah, so if you want to look on a more granular sort of basis, I guess, um, you know, sort of communication um, between managers, communication um, uh, and engagement between um, residents with each other, creating communities, um, you know, parcel deliveries, um, you know, facilitating these, which we all spend so much time on on, on the e-commerce platforms. Yeah. Um, especially uh, in lockdown. <laughs> especially. Absolutely. Retail therapy. Um, it's my kind of therapy. <laughs> We've got to spend our money somewhere at the moment, don't we? Yeah. Um, but I, I guess a lot of it um, uh, comes down to, you know, whatever you need while you're living in your apartment or your your multi-dwelling home, as we prefer to refer to it as, um, you know, whatever you want or, or you think you should um, 
you should get while you're living in an apartment, especially, um, you should be able to receive um, through our, our platform. And our platform is designed to be uh, the only interface in a building. Um, obviously, there's a lot of different apps that solve um, smaller problems, uh, but we, we we provide a holistic solution and we like to be, we are the, the interface in a building, the only app that someone should uh, need to download. Um, and um, more broadly, that's... Um, that, that's how it should be in a building, but obviously mm-hmm. there's a lot of people or companies, I should say, that solve more granular problems and, and we plug into to their systems or they plug into ours rather um, okay. to provide a complete solution. So the sorts of things that are plugging in or the sorts of problems that yours, that the Air and Living app is containing or can contain are obviously communications, which we've talked about. Um, you talked about um, parcel delivery and, and communication between the building managers or the um, strata and and the residents. Um, but you're also covering security and keys and access too, aren't you? Yeah, we are. It's um, uh, it's an, that's going to be an ongoing thing to look at. I mean, uh, uh, I guess it's such a relevant thing in this day and age Um knowing who's in your building, um, how long they're there for their stay, um, who people are giving keys to. Um, I think Airbnb has really thrown a few um, people off in buildings, to be honest, and, mm. you know, everyone's not happy with Airbnb apartments in, in their... Just to confirm, but they haven't thrown people off buildings. We've just <laughs> put you off, right? Not physically, <laughs> not, 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 not physically. Um, just off the sentiment around... Yeah. Um, the apartment space, and I think it's changed a lot of people's thinking um, and perception. And uh, you, obviously, Airbnb is a, a thing that's going to stay. You can't uh, you can't decide that you don't want Airbnb guests in. But at the same time, I think if you're inviting these guests into your buildings, you should you should have the right to know who they are. Um, so um, yeah, creating uh, a tighter, um, up to date resident list. Um, and through security, it's it's just throws a lot of things around. And even pre-COVID days, you know, the um, Uber Eats drivers or delivery drivers or whichever food delivery driver comes through, <laughs> yeah. they, they, they used to walk through your buildings with helmets on their heads. Um, and you know, you know, you have no idea who these people are going up and down your building. And um, yeah, I just think in this day and age, like so many um, people that uh, are foreign to the building, just coming in in and out um, as they please, and um, uh, obviously, someone's allowing them to come into the building, but you just need tighter regulation around it. So, we put a big emphasis on on our research and the time we spend looking at, um, you know, security and access control and that within buildings. And it's uh, we see in time having a whole dedicated team to sort of looking at this because it's such a relevant uh, topic of discussion. It will always be and continue to be in buildings. So, using Erin, I can un- access or unlock the door to my to my apartment and to the building using my phone rather than a key or a swipe card or any other kind of device. Is that? Uh, that's essentially correct, yeah. Awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is good. I mean, uh, going to a meeting, so I used to carry a notepad around with me. Uh, I don't do that anymore. Um, I used to carry a Walkman back in the, in the day when I was at high school <laughs> and then don't need that anymore. That's on my phone as well. Um, I used to carry a wallet Um don't, don't carry that anymore. Everything's on my phone apart from my keys. Um, so naturally, the natural progression is to put the keys on the phone too. Um, it's not as simple as every putting everything else on that I mentioned on your phone. It's uh, And in an apartment building, it's quite 
quite a bit more complex than that too um, when you're looking at, you know, um, the authorities of who's got the authority to give you the key and making sure that the right person that has the key is the right person that's in the apartment. Um, it's not just as simple as as just putting a, an integrated access solution in the building. But, uh, yeah, as I said, it's something we're constantly working on and uh, we will be forever, uh, I think. And, um, uh, yeah, the keys and fobs are uh, quite a redundant um, uh, thing to be uh, using in a building and uh, there's far greater security created through technology. And I guess that really opens up a whole lot of new options for apartment or, you know, multi-dwelling residential, you know, residents and the people that manage those buildings too because especially with COVID, I guess we're all anxious about understanding where each each other have been, like what parts of the building people have been to, not just from the, you know, the physical security side but, the you know, the viral security side and, you know, check-ins and all of that sort of stuff. But if you're using your key to swipe into the swimming pool or to use the gym or to, you know, I guess we, that's then a known thing as to where you've been. It's such a good point. Um, There's there's so much created, you know, if there was an issue at, um, you know, 3 a.m. and someone said that, you know, someone came in and caused a problem, you just go to 3 a.m., you can see who it was, whose phone um, was used to access your CCTV can go straight to that time, notice that person. Um, managers don't have to sift through hours and hours of footage to try and find it. There's mm-hmm. so many efficiencies created from that. Um, so, uh, I mean, I, 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 to be honest, we could run a whole new podcast just on access, I reckon. <laughs> I don't want to take up the whole time. But it's, um, yeah, it, it, there's so many efficiencies created. And um, we're going to go one step further one day and we're already thinking about uh, how you can get into your building in your apartment without even needing your phone. So we're trying to go, to go one better. Um, could swipe the, the thing in the wrist <laughs> or swipe your yeah, Maybe, swipe yeah, that's, from, that's probably watch. a bit too. Yeah, that's probably a bit <laughs> the chip in your head. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. That's, that's probably too advanced even for my thinking. But, um, uh, yeah, you could essentially be uh, be naked and still get into your apartment somehow oh. and not have anything. So naked access, we could call it. I should patent that, actually. You should, yeah, patent that. That's awesome. So um, so I love this. So we've, so we've got security, we've got communication, we've got uh on the prop tech panel the other day, we talked about um, that you're doing some work with ground floor. So that's sort of covering off the delivery side of it. And there's even the opportunity to, you know, engage parking apps around that. So you know, making it easier to access or share or allocate, I guess, um, the ever the ever um, valuable visitor parking. <laughs> Is that the sort of stuff? Stuff? Uh, yeah, correct. Um, I mean, parcels are such a, a, a relevant thing. I mean, there's this kind of different layers, right? You've got um, you've got the people living in the apartments and their needs and parking and parking and parcels are, are really big. We integrate with the other major parcel company being My Parcel Locker as well. So there's there's multiple players. We don't um, like to um, sit with just just one. We're pretty um, pretty agile to who we talk to. And, uh, you know, our, our um tech team has probably a meeting a week with a new um, tech partner or company that wants to wants to talk to us and um, yeah we in time like I see us having a whole integration team as well because of um, just the, the the specific needs of, of some people and and some solutions so I think it's quite good but um, yeah parking's parking to be big one I don't know where the parking sort of um, space will go in time I feel uh, people need a car less. Um, you know, uh, I, you don't need to drive into into work every day. Now you 
going in one or two days at best for most most people. And um, with the likes of you know um, Uber and and that, you know, it's 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 so expensive to own a car. Um, you know, uh, especially in the city, yeah. right? And to just sit in the car park all day. So I think you'll see a lot of um, uh, change in that space um, as uh, as well. And I think you now people be enticed to not really um, spend so much money on a car and um, tr- transport. I mean, because um, of COVID, a lot of people don't want to jump on a train or a tram in such a, a space. But you could probably go there now and um, you know run up and down a carriage and not touch anybody because no one's on there. So it's actually probably not a bad place to go. So, um, yeah, it's, the, the car parking is an interesting one. But, yeah, you've got your residents sort of um, needs and requirements from an integration point of view. And then you've got your different managers as well and, um, you know, trying to change uh, the systems that managers use um, for their whole portfolios is next to impossible. So it's about grabbing, you know, small bits of data that they might need and, and talking to their solutions um, so you're not double handling um, data and, and requirements uh, through different systems, which is uh, which is obviously a goal. That, 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 the bane of the um, facilities manager's life, right, yeah. or property manager's life. It's so true. And so much is, I actually feel for managers these days, so much is expected of them. Um, you know, a building manager or a concierge used to be there to service the people in the building and, you know, help them out with, you know, um, you know where they might be going or what they might like to do in the city on the day or, um, you know, if they could help out with any guests. Um, and it was a real person-to-person sort of service. Now it's just sorting out problems and crap in buildings. Like, I feel sorry for them. Um, and so much is expected of them, um, you know, and, strata levies are going up and they're like, you know, the manager's getting so much money and this and that. And it's just, it's, it's really, it's really hard um, from their perspective as well. But the same as, as a strata manager, um, a strata managers are not really there designed to assist the residents in a building. Um, they're designed to, to, to run the operations and the administrative side of the building and look after the owners. Um, mm. So. Which they do via email and fax. Yes. <laughs> Preferably facts, I hear. Um, um, Certainly one of the ones that I own. That's how they like to work. <laughs> I barely own a printer these days. Oh, it hurts me. Every year it hurts me. <laughs> it does. And, um, uh, again, it just shows, you know, there's so many different um, different um, stakeholders and managers in the ecosystem using whole different systems and processes. And change is such a forbidden word, you know, um, especially amongst uh, the property industry and, and, and real estate as a whole, I think. But, uh, yeah, I do feel for them. I think the requirements of them have, uh, have jumped considerably, especially when you look at even the compliance side of things. I, I think we no one really takes into um, full consideration, you know, the cladding effect that's um, the combustible cladding effect worldwide. Um, you know, you, you can't really even sell your apartment these days, these days unless you've got a, a report to say that, you know, there's, is not a, a high risk of cladding. Yeah, it's um, you know, who's facilitating that? Um, you know, managers are constantly caught and bombarded and uh, meant to come up with a solution as well as doing everything else. But no one's getting paid any extra for all these these um, um, requests and requirements and sorting out you know millions of tens of million dollars worth of repairs that might need to happen. I mean, that's just one 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 item that's popped up. You know. So can I can I report a needed repair in in Erin Living? Absolutely. I have got that in my building. Okay. So so big shout out to all the property managers or big facility managers of, of big residential buildings out there. You guys are doing an amazing job. Your life is very hard. You need help doing it. Please look at something like Erin to, 
to make your life easier. Um, so, so how big is the market that's available to Erin um, Thomas? Like how in, my last look at the stats was that, you know, apartments make up about 26% of the property market in a, you know, property market in Australia. How, how much runway have you guys got? Yeah, I think um, that stat actually refers to people living in apartments um, oh, okay. more so than the amount, um, but I could be wrong. Um, so uh, through our research, there's about 1.4 to 1.5 million apartments in Australia, mm-hmm. uh, but our target market actually consists of just over 100 uh, million apartments being America, Canada, UK and Australasia. Mm, okay. And are you, are you, is your product only able to go into brand new apartments that are being built right now or can I retrofit stuff? What's... What does that look like? Yeah, another good question. So we actually design our business or have designed our business uh, around the retrofit. Um, I say this pretty flippantly, but new, new builds are quite easy. Uh, the greenfield sector is it's easy. It's easy to design something in when it's not there. Um, uh, but we've designed and structured our business around a retrofit to be able to ensure that uh, older buildings uh, are still getting the best of technologies uh, available on the market. Um, I own a number of apartments um, and so these new ones keep popping up and my older ones look pretty old, you know, yeah. so, and, and they're actually not even that old. So it just shows you that technology, I guess, is one of those things that does move quite rapidly and uh, we don't want the older buildings missing out. So we've designed and structured our business around, uh, yeah, the retrofit sort of model. Yeah, awesome. Let's just take a short break and hear a quick word from our sponsors. Imagine a real estate forms and contract solution that's always accessible, up to date with legal changes and cuts admin time by 40%. That's the beauty of the Forms Live platform from Dynamic Methods. With Forms Live, Dynamic Methods have created a form system that is easy, online and best of all, compliant. Every month, 50,000 agents and property managers use Forms Live in 7,500 agencies across every state and territory in Australia. Plus, Forms Live has over 100 integrations, including the industry's most popular CRMs, connection services, and digital signatures with DocuSign, making it the national platform of choice for real estate forms. Check them out at formslive.com.au. Do you see a time being when property owners are basically asking their the people that they're buying, the, the, either the agents or they're buying the developer that they're buying their property from, what kind of, you know, whether something like Erin Living is part of the package and, and sort of demanding that they have that level of service? Oh, I'd, I'd love someone to be demanding <laughs> off a developer to put Erin in a building. I did actually meet a guy once at a dinner and I told him about Erin and, and he said, I want this in the building that I've bought in. Um, and um, we actually got in touch with the developer and four months later we actually got signed into that building. So uh, I should, should go back to him and let him know that. But, um, uh, yeah, I think... Um, Naturally, over time, I don't think it's right now, but people will demand to know uh, about what technology is being used, you know, before the type of stone that's used in the kitchen. You know what I mean? I think it's it's such a relevant thing. Um, people want lifestyle, convenience, community. These things are really important. And security um, and, yeah, all of that stuff, don't they? Yeah, yep. absolutely. Yep. Um, and I think it's... Um, it's, it is changing, but it's not. It's not a rapid sort of change. I don't think, and it will take a period of time to do so. So, so Thomas, tell me, how big is Erin Living? Like, you're you're an early stage startup, but who are some of your clients? What's some of the success that you've had? 
Um, yeah, good question. So um, I guess the startup mentality, we are a startup. It's uh, depending on how big we grow. I always want the startup mentality and the culture of the business. I think it's um, it's a great, fun place um, and, and, and culture to be around. So I hope we're always considered a, a startup in, in our eyes and our mentality. Um, we're a team of 12 now, but even if we get to you know, a couple of thousand employees one day, maybe who knows, um, uh, we'd still like that startup mentality. Um, in terms of our clients, uh, the most early adopters of, of Aaron have actually been really high-end developers. Awesome. Um, yeah, so the likes of um, Piccolo, um, Milieu, uh, to name some, we uh, retrofitted a Gurna building as well as one of our second building I think we went into um, in Melbourne. Um, we went to a really high-end Perry project, project in um, South Yarra with um, you know, very high um, sale prices of, of those um, apartments, um, So, which isn't actually um, originally where we thought we'd, we'd uh, provide the most value. Um, we saw most of our buildings coming between the sort of 50 to 70 sort of apartments up to maybe 250 um, being our sort of target uh, uh, the majority of our portfolio but um, yeah it's 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 been a lot of the boutique high-end sort of developments as the early sort of adopters um, but we're consulting now to a lot of built to rent um, players in the country some publicly listed some private um, some large corporate some um, super funds there's it's quite a really large array of different clients we're, we're speaking to at the moment and uh, it just really endorses what we're doing um, and, you know, our resident-first approach of how it's being um, adopted by so many different um, organisations. So I guess I talked to the user case of Erin, isn't it? Because at that really premium end where you've, where you've got developers who are trying to create something really exclusive and, um, well, you know, beautifully spec'd out, you, Erin Living basically creates that sense of being high tech but really um, connected and helping you manage the security and, and manage the, the livability elements of the property um, or of your property and make you feel part of the, the community. So, so it's got that kind of premium element to it. But then behind the scenes, it's actually letting property owners and property managers do all that at a really affordable level. So it's you know, a great way to kind of take costs out of a building to to get better results for, for the people who are living in there um, in, in apartments that aren't that expensive. Yeah, you, it's funny, you know, some buildings um, want to turn off three quarters of the features and they don't have those sort of capabilities to to use some of, um, you know, Aaron's uh, function, functionality, um, but they're really happy with what's being provided and some want, you know, the complete package, the bees knees, and they want to be like, "Cool, what are you doing now?" But once my building's complete in two years' time, what can I be offering then? Um, and that's really exciting, you know, for us especially because uh, we're, we're obviously not thinking about uh, technology how it can be used today. It's 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 how it can be used in the years to come. So uh, we really get excited by those sort of conversations and and those forward thinking developers when they bring up some sort of ideas and. Um, we try not to do any custom sort of development work, although depending on the size of the project, uh, a few opportunities do come up from time to time where we're asked to do so. But uh, we we try and um, look at our technology and um, our offering as a, uh, a wide solution that anyone can can, can use. And, yeah, we, we try not to do any custom type work. But um, with the ideas developers coming, coming to us at times, um, you know, we can definitely repurpose you know, what they're sort of bringing, bringing to the forefront. So, um, yeah, it's great. So, Thomas, how does the charging model work? 
Uh, so we charge an annual subscription amount through the owners' corporation on a per lot per year basis. So each apartment pays an amount, like an amount. Yeah, obviously is- they don't they don't pay it individually. We we send an invoice to the uh, the owners' corporation, Australia um, okay. manager, and yeah, they pay it paid as one. It's a one in all in solution. Right. Okay. So you don't get the option of choosing it. Like if if the building goes down this path, then every owner of the apartment gets access or every apartment resident gets access to the app. Correct. It's yep. obviously their choice if they want to use it or not, but it's there. Yep. Um, uh, going back to what I said earlier, um, you can't just take one solution to a building. You you need to have multiple uh, functions yep. and, and, and features to appeal to the masses. Okay. So we invoice the owner's corporation manager to charge the building essentially. It raises a great great question, Thomas, of like what's the engagement level? How once once Aaron Living is inside a building, how many residents start to use it? Uh, we we see a, a jump in engagement in the first couple of weeks, and then it's pretty consistent for maybe a three or four month period, mm-hmm. especially on retrofits. Uh, new yep. builds, it's a bit longer because obviously it's taking people time to move in. Um, in majority of buildings, we're between sort of eighty-five and ninety percent engagement. Um, some buildings, I think, are lowest to sort of between fifty-five and sixty-five percent um, engagement. Uh, some of those buildings, I know, uh, have quite a bit of vacancy due to COVID, so um, they're down on numbers. So it's a bit hard to judge at the moment. But it also matters on the integration. You know, if there's smart parcel locker integration, um, you know, uh, those those numbers are uh, around the ninety percent. Um, based on everyone buying something uh, online and, and needing a solution. So it depends on what's been implemented in a building, um, what's been integrated. Um, so yeah. But that, but they're awesome numbers. I mean, I think if any app developer, like if any app developer had sort of user user engagement of 55 to 95%, they'd be pretty sweet with that. <laughs> that sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, and we're obviously in our early stages too. So um, to get those sort of numbers is, is quite impressive and um, we're, uh, very highly um, engaged with our residents as they are with our app. So um, it's important to, to keep driving that engagement. Um, that's how our building works correctly. It doesn't work if everyone just downloads it and doesn't use it. So Yeah. So so tell me tell me a little bit about your background. How did you get into this, you know, crazy residential remote control access caper? Yeah, caper. <laughs> um, so I was being in real estate project marketing for 15 odd years. So I've uh, had a lot of industry experiences, I, I guess, and I've had pretty good exposure to um, all aspects of the real estate and property industry. So uh, I've got quite a bit of knowledge, I guess, with regard to each sector and how it all kind of works. Um, and tech was really, uh, is in business the way forward. And uh, I think it's really important to jump on these trends and make sure um, you know you adapt yourself personally as well as your your business model. And um, my my friend at the time and now my co-founder too, Anthony and I um, started the business, and we kind of used a mix of his tech experience and my industry knowledge to create the Aaron product and solution that didn't exist and now exists. So yeah. awesome! And big shout out to Anthony, who's a lovely guy. Have, have drunk wine with Anthony <laughs> at that dinner. It was very fun. So what are the biggest challenges that you guys have faced as entrepreneurs? It's a really good question. Um, I guess we're both doers. So, uh, you know, if we need to 
if someone asks something of us or we don't know how to do something, we call someone, we find out how to do it and just do it. Um, I guess by doing that, though, you probably look back and you're like, yeah, could have done a few things uh, differently. So uh, it's a bit of a double-edged sword, isn't it? Sometimes you, it it gets it gets shit done, and you know, as an entrepreneur, you want that to happen, but sometimes you can do too much. <laughs> yeah, and I think we we're actually um, so this is a relationship, but we're we're actually really well suited. Um, I'm uh, the optimistic, let's do it yesterday kind of guy, and things like a bit more of a, a realistic sort of thinker, like, hang on a second, we should consider this and this and this. And nine times out of 10, I'll be like, yeah, you're right. We should think about that or speak to that person or do that first. So um, with most of our decisions, we kind of come to uh, a good equal um, solution, I guess, in facing these these sort of things. But I, I, the biggest challenges as entrepreneurs, um, it's probably been personally more so than professionally. Um, Anthony and I both left our nine to five in sort of mid-2019 um, before going live at the end of 2020. Um, and guess what? Just because we went live in 2020, end of 2020 doesn't mean we're earning a lot of money then either. So mm-hmm. I think um, maintaining our personal lives um, and um, uh, mental state, um, uh, our comfort levels, um, our personal relationships, I think that has probably been the biggest challenge and um, I'm not trying to deter anyone, but uh, starting a business and, and and doing what we're doing, it's not for everybody. Um, I couldn't have done it by by myself, and I'm sure Anthony would say the same thing. It's it's a big uh, it's a big thing to to make the the jump. And we both had quite successful careers previously in what we were doing and earning uh, a stable, healthy wage. So uh, taking that step is probably the biggest challenge and I think it's probably the biggest challenge. A lot of entrepreneurs will say the same thing and, you know, our first building that we got, we were making a couple of thousand dollars a year, you know what I mean? We had staff and wages. It takes you a long time to get to a stage where um, you're actually in a healthy financial position and um, I think, yes, staying personally sound um, and strong and getting through the personal challenges and many of them are financial um, is probably the biggest challenge but, uh, we've come so far with um, uh, supporting each other and uh, it, it really shows the, the need of having um, a co-founder and a business partner. Um, it's uh, It would be really challenging for either of us to have done what we did and we probably say the same thing. Uh, yeah. You probably say the same thing, but we probably wouldn't be here if that was the case. No, and look, and you, you guys have you launched sort of just before just going into COVID, so, and, and you're both based in Melbourne. So, um, you, you know, it's been a very tough sort of 18 months for everybody. So we, as we, <laughs> what are you up to, lockdown seven or something? Uh, yeah, and um, Anthony had a few young kids. Uh, uh, oh, he's got COVID babies. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, you know, you know, so, small house being locked down for five months trying to build a, a company being on zoom all day or talking to the tech team and i don't know how we did it to be honest <laughs> i tell it all the time. A big shout out to all the entrepreneurs doing you know doing this stuff from your bedrooms with the screaming kids and dogs and <laughs> everything going on in the background we always say though like this these sort of things um you know we'll we'll make for a good book one day and oh, uh, yeah. yeah this we've we've we've, we've overcome a lot of um, a lot of challenges to, to get here and believe it or not they weren't even that um, uh, related to the business and the product we knew the direction we knew the space we'd researched um, this sector so much um, before we'd even got to a stage of, of designing and, and building our product so um, we were really 
confident and comfortable with where we were as a business. Um, it was kind of everything on the outskirts and, and, and outside the business that, that were the challenges. So It's the messy living things, yeah. <laughs> so so what do you think the next five years holds for apartment living and and where that's going? Where I think or where I hope, what I hope. doesn't matter. I'll, I'll take either. Get you, just get your magic, uh, you know, your crystal ball out and have a look. Uh, I think, and I'm going to put hope in there as well, that there's really big progress uh, and transformation. Um, obviously, that relates to technology. Um, I feel education is the most important thing with regard to uh, the apartment industry, and I mean that from a developer, builder, manager perspective. Uh, the more education we can provide um these stakeholders as to the benefits and the influence of how technology can better their buildings. Um, I think that will slowly filter through to, um, you know, the people and the consultants and, and, and the people that they appoint on their projects and the more people we can get in front of and, and push Aaron, push them to use things like Aaron um, in a building and they see the benefits of it, you know, trying to change people's mentalities and systems and processes they've been using for so long, it's quite difficult. And you've obviously mentioned a few times the strata industry, and um, that's probably going to be the most challenging, to be honest. But, um, yeah, get, getting people in front of um, technology and actually, you know, kind of um, feeding them and, 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 and personally you've got to sit with people and show them, educate them, and once they get their head around it, I think they'll see the benefits. So I hope to see a lot of progress uh, and transformation uh, in the next five years with regard to people's mindset uh, and openness and willingness to adopt technology. Yeah, and I guess also when you start to get that feedback from the residents themselves that this is this is great, we love it, it's actually making life easier or like making life more comfortable or making making life better and, in fact, then facilities and strata managers are dealing with less complaints and less busy craziness happening because of all of those previous complaints, the, it becomes, you know, it does become a no-brainer to adopt. It does. Uh, I think the quicker people realise that if there's no residents and people living in a building, then there's no need for anybody else. <laughs> the quiet life. <laughs> it's the lockdown. Well, it's true. Down. I mean, it is, um, you know, uh, you don't need any property managers, facility managers. You don't need any any other property management systems, strata systems. You don't need any of that if you've got no people living in the apartments. So if you focus on the people, then everything else gets a little bit easier. Yeah, true. Let's just take a short break and hear a quick word from our sponsors. Do you run a prop tech business or are you the founder of a prop tech? Make sure you join the Prop Tech Association of Australia. It's Australia's new not-for-profit association made up of tech people who are passionate about the property industry and committed to improving experiences in how we buy, sell, rent, manage, build and finance property. Joining will give you access to events and networks across Australia and globally to help you promote and grow your business. Go to proptechassociation.com.au and follow the prompts to join. And so what does the future look like for Erin Living? What's on your roadmap? What's in your cup, What's coming up for you guys over the next couple of years? Yeah, look, um, we're at a, a scaling sort of stage now. Um, so uh, I'd hope we'd have some substantial growth in the next few years. Um, we're going to enter some new markets. Um, we're already... Uh, very close to signing our first New Zealand clients. We've got connections that we're chatting to in Southeast Asia. 
Um, and obviously we've only been in market for sort of eight months. So it's it's really good to um, be getting that sort of um, exposure early. And um, we've already got a plan in place for, for how we execute, execute um, those new markets. And uh, yes, it's, uh, it's really exciting, I think. Um, but to do that, we'll obviously um, uh, need to expand on um, our resources uh, to be able to do that. So uh, that's sort for of- funding? Uh, yeah, um, I think towards the end of the year we'll raise a large amount of capital. We haven't done much of that so far. Um, I think it was just we, we've tried to focus in on um, our product um, and our engagement with our residents and, and make sure that we're actually delivering a good, good product um, as opposed to just getting a product to market that we're getting paid for. Um, so we, we've, we've put our focus and attention into that um, engagement um, uh, and we've got a junior data analyst at the company that, that, that kind of focuses on, the, on that and looks over the engagement. We thought that was really important early on um, and we'll look to raise yeah, a larger amount of capital towards the end of the year. But, uh, yeah, we, we don't have small plans and, uh, yeah, we, I'll look forward to the next uh, phase of our business. Well, I look forward to Aaron Living coming to Sydney. Have you got any Sydney buildings that you're working on at the moment? Uh, we're working on a few. We haven't got any signed, but we're very close. So. Okay, fingers crossed. Um, come on, Sydney. <laughs> don't don't let the lockdown get you down. Come on. <laughs> I actually feel that um, um, obviously we're from Melbourne, but the people we speak to um, between it's close between Melbourne and Brisbane as to uh, the cities that are most um, interested and and enticed with new technologies. Well, I, I would have thought that introducing Erin Living to some of those big. Gold Coast apartment buildings where people own them, but they rent them out, and you know, using them for Airbnb or stuff. It's a perfect. It would make it so much easier than a key safe or um, trying to coordinate access to the car park and all of those sorts of things. Having holidayed on the Gold Coast and had all of those pain, all of that pain, it would make it just a hell of a lot easier. Also, I once had a three-year-old who dropped the keys to the apartment down the lift shaft. Charlie Collins. <laughs> <laughs> It'll get yeah, um, but I, I should actually mention Perth because we're speaking to a few clients in Perth at the moment, and uh, what they're looking at putting in their buildings we haven't actually seen before in any other um, wow. uh, building around the country. So um, yeah, I actually feel that a lot of um, developers and, and managers in Sydney are probably lacking the other states. <gasps> um, so big, uh, big, big kick up the bump to New South Wales to get there. Yeah, yeah. Hey? Yeah, we do. We do. Okay. Well, look, Thomas, it's been awesome talking to you. Thank you so much for explaining about Erin Living. I um, can't wait to be living in a world where Erin is, um, and apps like Erin are basically making vertical villages out of our cities and and, and making it easy to be feel connected and secure and um, and to just really improve that whole community experience inside a building. So well done to you and Anthony, and um, thanks for being on the PropTech podcast. No worries. It's been fun. Thanks a lot for having me. So that was Thomas Walkley from Erin Living, a new app that is turning residential developments into vertical villages by making it easy to communicate, share information, and manage security and access. Now, I am on the advisory board of Erin, which gives me some insight into the work that they're doing with developers, but I do really love this app and I'm full of admiration for the work that Thomas, Anthony and the team are doing at Erin Living. Apartment complex living has always been regarded as a bit more impersonal and as a disconnected way to live. It's hard to know who's in your building whether they're a neighbour, a visitor, a contractor, or even a security risk. And COVID has made us all the more alert to the necessity of knowing who we have been in contact with. And with the exception of sticking up notices in the lift, 
building and strata managers have always had a hard time communicating effectively with residents. And there's been quite a flurry of innovation in this space around apps that allow residents to report maintenance and building faults. But Erin Living's idea of making the security and access central within the app and then adding features like reporting, I think is really clever and gives it a huge amount of stickiness. So residents inside Erin Living Developments will be using Erin every day to get into their apartments and buildings. So using the features within the app that are added on are guaranteed to also have a high adoption rate. And with an estimated 2 million apartment dwellings plus across Australia now, and more than 38% of them being high rise according to the 2016 ABS, so those figures are pretty out of date, there is a huge market out there for Erin, especially as they're able to retrofit existing apartments as well as offer top-end greenfield dwellings the ability to incorporate smart technology as one of their features. So well done, Thomas and Anthony, and best of luck with Erin Living. Now, if you have enjoyed this episode of the PropTech podcast, I'd love you to tell your friends and drop me a line either via email, LinkedIn, or Facebook. You can follow the podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Apple iTunes, or anywhere good podcasts are heard. I'd like to thank my podcast producer, Charlie Hollins, and the fabulous Gilles Gadero, and our sponsors, Direct Connect, making moving easy, Dynamic Methods, the names behind Forms Live, REI Forms Live, and RealWorks, Delivering Forms and Contract Solutions Nationally, and the PropTech Association, Australia's industry body to support the flourishing PropTech community. Thanks, everyone. Until next week, keep on PropTeching.